chapter three of the new magdalene this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the new magdalene by wilkie collins the german shell a third rifle shot rang through the night air close to the cottage grace started and approached the window in alarm what does that firing mean she asked signals from the outposts the nurse quietly replied is there any danger have the germans come back surgeon sherville answered the question he lifted the canvas screen and looked into the room as miss roseberry spoke the germans are advancing on us he said their vanguard is in sight grace sank on the chair near her trembling from head to foot mercy advanced to the surgeon and put the decisive question to him do we defend the position she inquired surgeon sherville ominously shook his head impossible we are outnumbered as usual ten to one the shrill roll of the french drums was heard outside there is the retreat sounded said the surgeon the captain is not a man to think twice about what he does we are left to take care of ourselves in five minutes we must be out of this place a volley of rifle shots rang out as he spoke the german vanguard was attacking the french at the outposts grace caught the surgeon entreatingly by the arm take me with you she cried oh sir i have suffered from the germans already don't forsake me if they come back the surgeon was equal to the occasion he placed the hand of the pretty englishwoman on his breast fear nothing madam he said looking as if he could have annihilated the whole german force with his own invincible arm a frenchman's devotion protects you grace's head sank on his shoulder monsieur serval felt that he had asserted himself he looked round invitingly at mercy she too was an attractive woman the frenchman had another shoulder at her service unhappily the room was dark the look was lost on mercy she was thinking of the helpless men in the inner chamber and she quietly recalled the surgeon to a sense of his professional duties what is to become of the sick and wounded she asked monsieur Sherville shrugged one shoulder the shoulder that was free the strongest among them we can take away with us he said the others must be left here fear nothing for yourself dear lady there will be a place for you in the baggage wagon and for me too grace pleaded eagerly the surgeon's invincible arm stole round the young lady's waist and answered mutely with a squeeze take her with you said mercy my place is with the men whom you leave behind grace listened in amazement think what you risk she said if you stop here mercy pointed to her left shoulder don't alarm yourself on my account she answered the red cross will protect me another roll of the drum warned the susceptible surgeon to take his place as director-general of the ambulance without any further delay he conducted grace to a chair and placed both her hands on his heart this time to reconcile her to the misfortune of his absence wait here till i return for you he whispered fear nothing my charming friend say to yourself serval is the soul of honour serval is devoted to me he struck his breast he again forgot the obscurity in the room and cast one look of unutterable homage at his charming friend ah beyond too he cried and kissed his hand and disappeared as the canvas screen fell over him 
the sharp report of the rifle firing was suddenly and grandly dominated by the roar of cannon the instant after a shell exploded in the garden outside within a few yards of the window grace sank on her knees with a shriek of terror mercy without losing her self-possession advanced to the window and looked out the moon has risen she said the germans are shelling the village grace rose and ran to her for protection take me away she cried we shall be killed if we stay here she stopped looking in astonishment at the tall black figure of the nurse standing immovably by the window are you made of iron she exclaimed will nothing frighten you mercy smiled sadly why should i be afraid of losing my life she answered i have nothing worth living for the roar of the cannon shook the cottage for the second time a second shell exploded in the courtyard on the opposite side of the building bewildered by the noise panic-stricken as the danger from the shells threatened the cottage more and more nearly grace threw her arms round the nurse and clung in the abject familiarity of terror to the woman whose hand she had shrunk from touching not five minutes since where is it safest she cried where can i hide myself how can i tell where the next shell will fall mercy answered quietly the steady composure of the one woman seemed to madden the other releasing the nurse grace looked wildly round for a way of escape from the cottage making first for the kitchen she was driven back by the clamor and confusion attending the removal of those among the wounded who were strong enough to be placed in the wagon a second look round showed her the door leading into the yard she rushed to it with a cry of relief she had just laid her hand on the lock when the third report of cannon burst over the place starting back a step grace lifted her hands mechanically to her ears at the same moment the third shell burst through the roof of the cottage and exploded in the room just inside the door mercy sprang forward unhurt from her place at the window the burning fragments of the shell were already firing the dry wooden floor and in the midst of them dimly seen through the smoke lay the insensible body of her companion in the room even at that dreadful moment the nurse's presence of mind did not fail her hurrying back to the place that she had just left near which she had already noticed the miller's empty sacks lying in a heap she seized two of them and throwing them on the smouldering floor trampled out the fire that done she knelt by the senseless woman and lifted her head was she wounded or dead mercy raised one helpless hand and laid her fingers on the wrist while she was still vainly trying to feel for the beating of the pulse surgeon serval alarm for the ladies hurried in to inquire if any harm had been done mercy called to him to approach i am afraid the shell has struck her she said yielding her place to him see if she is badly hurt the surgeon's anxiety for his charming patient expressed itself briefly in an oath with a prodigious emphasis laid on one of the letters in it the letter r take off her cloak he cried raising his hand to her neck poor angel she has turned in falling the string is twisted round her throat mercy removed the cloak it dropped on the floor as the surgeon lifted grace in his arms get a candle he said impatiently they will give you one in the kitchen he tried to feel the pulse his hand trembled the noise and confusion in the kitchen bewildered him just heaven he exclaimed my emotions overpower me mercy approached him with the candle the light disclosed the frightful injury which a fragment of the shell had inflicted on the englishwoman's head surgeon serval's manner altered on the instant 
the expression of anxiety left his face its professional composure covered it suddenly like a mask what was the object of his admiration now an inert burden in his arms nothing more the change in his face was not lost on mercy her large gray eyes watched him attentively is the lady seriously wounded she asked don't trouble yourself to hold the light any longer was the cool reply it's all over i can do nothing for her dead surgeon serval nodded and shook his fist in the direction of the outposts accursed germans he cried and looked down at the dead face on his arm and shrugged his shoulders resignedly the fortune of war he said as he lifted the body and placed it on the bed in one corner of the room next time nurse it may be you or me who knows bah the problem of human destiny disgusts me he turned from the bed and illustrated his disgust by spitting on the fragments of the exploded shell we must leave her there he resumed she was once a charming person she is nothing now come away miss mercy before it is too late he offered his arm to the nurse the creaking of the baggage wagon starting on its journey was heard outside and the shrill roll of the drums was renewed in the distance the retreat had begun mercy drew aside the canvas and saw the badly wounded men left helpless at the mercy of the enemy on their straw beds she refused the offer of monsieur serville's arm i have already told you that i shall stay here she answered monsieur serval lifted his hands in polite remonstrance mercy held back the curtain and pointed to the cottage door go she said my mind is made up even at that final moment the frenchman asserted himself he made his exit with unimpaired grace and dignity madam he said you are sublime with that parting compliment the man of gallantry true to the last to his admiration of the sex bowed with his hand on his heart and left the cottage mercy dropped the canvas over the doorway she was alone with the dead woman the last tramp of footsteps the last rumbling of the wagon wheels died away in the distance no renewal of firing from the position occupied by the enemy disturbed the silence that followed the germans knew that the french were in retreat a few minutes more and they would take possession of the abandoned village the tumult of their approach should become audible at the cottage in the meantime the stillness was terrible even the wounded wretches who were left in the kitchen waited their fate in silence alone in the room mercy's first look was directed to the bed the two women had met in the confusion of the first skirmish at the close of twilight separated on their arrival at the cottage by the duties required of the nurse they had only met again in the captain's room the acquaintance between them had been a short one and it had given no promise of ripening into friendship but the fatal accident had roused mercy's interest in the stranger she took the candle and approached the corpse of the woman who had been literally killed at her side she stood by the bed looking down in the silence of the night at the stillness of the dead face it was a striking face once seen in life or in death not to be forgotten afterward the forehead was unusually low and broad the eyes unusually far apart the mouth and chin remarkably small with tender hands mercy smoothed the dishevelled hair and arranged the crumpled dress not five minutes since she thought to herself i was longing to change places with you she turned from the bed with a sigh i wish i could change places now the silence began to oppress her she walked slowly to the other end of the room the cloak on the floor her own cloak which she had lent to miss roseberry attracted her attention as she passed it she picked it up and brushed the dust from it 
and laid it across a chair this done she put the light back on the table and going to the window listened for the first sounds of the german advance the faint passage of the wind through some trees near at hand was the only sound that caught her ears she turned from the window and seated herself at the table thinking was there any duty still left undone that christian charity owed to the dead was there any further service that pressed for performance in the interval before the germans appeared mercy recalled the conversation that had passed between her ill-fated companion and herself miss roseberry had spoken of her object in returning to england she had mentioned a lady a connection by marriage to whom she was personally a stranger who was waiting to receive her some one capable of stating how the poor creature had met with her death ought to write to her only friend who was to do it there was nobody to do it but the one witness of the catastrophe now left in the cottage mercy herself she lifted the cloak from the chair on which she had placed it and took from the pocket the leather letter-case which grace had shown to her the only way of discovering the address to write to in england was to open the case and examine the papers inside mercy opened the case and stopped feeling a strange reluctance to carry the investigation any farther a moment's consideration satisfied her that her scruples were misplaced if she respected the case as inviolable the germans would certainly not hesitate to examine it and the germans would hardly trouble themselves to write to england which were the fittest eyes to inspect the papers of the deceased lady the eyes of men and foreigners or the eyes of her own countrywoman mercy's hesitation left her she emptied the contents of the case on the table that trifling action decided the whole future course of her life End of chapter three